Welcome everyone to the KSA Podcast Extracurricular Club. My name is Jessa and I'm the host. Addressing something from the first episode, I finally decided on a name. As I said, the name I chose for this podcast is Extracurricular Club. Now, you may be wondering, what does that mean exactly? Well, good question. Since I'm KSA's advocacy director, this podcast is generally geared towards Korean culture that I don't cover in my bi-weekly updates, or just kind of fun stuff, I guess. Honestly, I'm not completely sure what I'm doing with this. I'm kind of just, you know, feeling it out and trying to vibe and stuff. Anyway, so the extracurricular part comes from the extra topics we talk about here, and the club part comes from the fact that this is connected to our student group, I guess. Yeah. So, getting into this month's episode, we will be talking about scary things. Ooh. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was a little lame. But seriously, since October is known as the spooky month, You can't see my air quotes, but I'm doing them. My good friend Vanessa said I should talk a bit about superstitions and ghost stories and all that good stuff. I'm actually all by myself for this episode, so y'all gotta listen to me essentially talk to myself for the next half hour or so. I feel like in general, people in the West attribute Asia with having really good scary movies and stories and such. Kind of like how Japan has really popular movies like The Ring and The Grudge and Thailand has Shudder. So, I got to thinking, what is the equivalent for South Korea? Honestly, at first I couldn't really think of anything, but I suppose the best I could compare it to is something like Train to Busan. Like, hear me out. What did The Grudge, The Ring, and Shudder all have in common? They have American remakes. Now, Train to Busan does not have an American remake yet, but For at least the past two years or so, there have been many talks about James Wan producing the remake. I always wonder why Hollywood decides to make a remake, because like, 9 times out of 10, it's not as good as the original. And reviewers are definitely not shy to point it out. The Korean horror film, Tale of Two Sisters, or Donghwa Hongnyeon, I'm very sorry if I ended up mispronouncing that, um, has an American version made in 2009 called The Uninvited. One of the critics from Variety said, quote, Weak even by the standard of uninspired recent Asian horror remakes, the uninvited is more likely to induce snickers and yawns rather than shudders and yelps, end quote. I know that a lot of the Asian American community hates it whenever an Asian show or movie gets made into an English version, and it's completely understandable. Personally, I feel like if they want to watch it for the story, they should just watch the original since Usually, that was the way the story was intended to be told. But going back to James Wan, if you have no clue who he is, or the name doesn't ring a bell, you've definitely heard of his movies. He's directed tons of horror movies, like all of the movies in the Conjuring series, the Insidious series, and also Aquaman and one of the Fast and Furious movies, which is kind of strange seeing those two outliers in a sea of blockbuster horror movies. like. Literally, I went to research this guy to see what movies he's directed before, and I was like, OMG, he's the guy who made The Conjuring and Insidious? But then I saw those two, and I thought just how out of place they looked. Also, why did he only direct one of the Fast and Furious movies? I'm a little too lazy to search it up, so if y'all want to find out the reason, please feel free to message me. Anyway, the series that probably got him his start was the Saw series. I hate that. (laughs) Like, I remember those movies coming out when I was a kid. I think the first movie came out when I was like three, and the last movie came out when I was 
like I think nine. If you have no idea what this series is, I wish I was you. It's so gory and brutal and I hate those kinds of movies. Like don't get me wrong, I like watching scary movies, but I tend to be pretty squeamish so I hate it when super brutal scenes are shown and it turns out that's like all the scenes in Saw, like that's just the whole movie. The only reason why I know about this series is because I have older siblings. My older sister was in high school when these movies were coming out and she would watch them with my brother and her friends while I stayed downstairs and played The Sims on my computer. I had a very morbid curiosity, so after they finished the movie, they would come downstairs and I would ask them what happened, which would usually end in them saying like, oh everyone died and I'd be like, oh okay. To this day, I still have yet to watch any of those films in that series, but a pretty good Korean horror movie I saw a few years ago was called Konjiam Haunted Asylum. Now, the Konjiam Psychiatric Hospital is a real place and is called one of the most haunted places in South Korea. Even CNN has listed it as one of the freakiest places in the world. The movie is a found footage film about a crew for a horror web series that travels to this place for views and clout, but ends up getting haunted in the end, predictably. Personally, I thought that this was a pretty good movie but I will admit that it is extremely slow in the beginning. You will have to wait until like past the midway mark for things to finally start happening. I would recommend watching this to people who like horror movies, although as I said, it has been a few years so I don't completely remember. Basically what I'm saying is, if you don't like it, please don't blame me. You know, in my Korean film class this semester, we were tasked with watching this movie, The Housemaid from the 60s. I found it kind of interesting that this movie was considered the birth of Korean horror films. It sort of mixed the popular melodrama genre of Korea during the post-war era and the pretty popular horror genre of the West. The movie is about a family who hires a maid that begins to wreak havoc on their lives. That's about all I can say without spoiling too much. This movie actually has several remakes, but all of them are Korean. Each time it's remade, the details are slightly altered to sort of represent the time we're living in. I actually wrote a paper on this for my class about the uncanny aesthetic of horror mixing with melodrama during this time period, but I won't get into that right now. You know, movies aren't the only form of media for horror. There are plenty of horror webtoons that have certainly jump-scared me, quite literally. On the Line webtoon app, there is an anthology of horror webtoons that I found extremely interesting and entertaining called Shriek. These webtoons can play animations, music, sound effects, etc. I personally find it super cool because the stories are so much more interactive that way. Although I will warn anyone who decides to read them to be careful because you may accidentally end up throwing your phone across the room from being startled. One of my favorite and probably one of the most iconic Korean horror webtoons is called The Bongcheon Dong Ghost. It got pretty well known about a decade ago on YouTube since some channels posted reaction videos to it. If you would like, you should pause and look up this webtoon to experience it, because I'm about to read it and describe because I feel like this one is a perfect example of what the Korean horror webtoons are like. Bong Chan Dong Ghost, written and illustrated by Hurang. This story is based on true eyewitness accounts. It was around 11.20 that night. I was dragging myself home exhausted after a tiring night study session at school, but there was no one on the street which I thought was strange. I usually see a lot of people, even at night since my apartment complex is pretty big. Anyways, feeling scared, I 
kept looking down on the ground while walking home. Suddenly, a shadow stretching towards me caught my eyes, although there wasn't anyone around me. I looked up to see who there was and saw a woman walking in front of me, but she looked strange. I could see that she looked crippled. She was limping and struggling to walk in front of me. Since she was walking very slow, I soon caught up with her. Up close, I was able to see her even better. She was wearing dirty pink pajamas and looked as if all of her joints in her body had been twisted. Worse, her hair was a mess and sticking out everywhere. It seemed so weird that I stopped walking. I felt like I shouldn't get any closer to her, nor did I have the guts to pass her by. And this is where the first jump scare is in the webtoon. It can really catch you off guard if you aren't expecting the screen to move. Anyway, what shows is an animation of the woman's neck twisting in a full 180. Her skin is completely white, her eyes are fully red, and she has a creepy smile on her face, and blood is dripping down from the top of her head. This eerie and quick clicking noise plays as she moves her head. You know, people say that if you're really surprised you can't even scream. That's right. I froze there, not being able to move at all. Where is my baby, is what the ghost says, except probably in a creepier and raspier voice than mine, I suppose. My thoughts were racing to her question. Oh my god, I don't even know what I was thinking when I did that. It gives me chills thinking of that moment. I answered, pointing as far as I could. Oh, over there. I just wanted her to get away from me. Then she limped towards where I had pointed to, and I couldn't see her anymore. Fearing that I might run into her again, I tried to turn around and leave the apartment complex. I couldn't think of anything but to get to a place where people would be around. At that moment, I heard her screaming from far away, she's not here, once again in a probably scarier voice than mine. This is where the second and final jump scare is. It shows the woman quickly running while crawling towards the screen, and her face pops up in the final frame. I don't remember anything from then on. I heard that my neighbor found me passed out on the ground and took me home. In 2007, at an apartment complex in Bongchandong, Kwanaku, Seoul, a 33-year-old woman jumped off the apartment and died on the spot. Known as surname Cho, a divorcee due to her extramarital affair, she had lost her custody of her two-year-old daughter and decided to commit suicide. After that incident, Cho was seen walking around that apartment complex several times. I hope y'all enjoyed me reading that. Once again, I recommend checking out this webtoon for yourself, especially before Java stops working in December of 2020. Now, if this was your first time hearing of this story, consider yourself lucky. When I was 10, my auntie Jean came from South Carolina to visit Minnesota, and she's a huge fan of K-pop and K-dramas and all that good stuff. When she came, she showed me and my two younger cousins Bubble Pop by Hyuna and other Korean things, but the single most memorable thing she showed us was this webtoon. Mind you, once again, I was 10, my cousin was 9, and my youngest cousin was probably like 7. I really had no idea what I was in for when my auntie pulled up the website. All I remember was that my other auntie, her sister Regine, shielding her eyes from the screen, and that was all it took for me to look away, guessing that something scary would pop up. And lo and behold, I was correct. Nowadays, I'm a person who doesn't get super easily scared, but I definitely do get startled by jump scares. When I was young, like, everything scared me. If any of you happen to know the Scary Movie series, it's literally called, like, Scary Movie, Scary Movie 2, Scary Movie 3, etc, etc. 
These are meant to be parodies of horror movies, but as a kid, I still got scared because of them. There are quite a lot of strange superstitions in Korea, so I thought it would be fun to go through each of them. The first one I thought of was this so-called fan death thing. Once again, I'm doing air quotes. The superstition goes that electric fans can kill you. The cause of death is that the fan created moving air around your face. That moving air makes it hard to breathe, so people suffocate. However, if you have some windows or doors open, you're good to go. But if you close the windows or doors in a room with the fan on, you could die. The actual phrase um, in Korean for fan death is sunpungi samangseol. I can say with absolute certainty that this is simply not true. I always sleep with an electric fan on inside of my room because I like the white noise it creates for sleeping and it tends to get very hot in my room. As far as I know, I haven't died from my electric fan yet, but who knows, I've only been sleeping like this for like 5 years now. The next one is whistling at night. The superstition goes that ghosts and snakes love the sound of whistling at night, so unless you want them to follow you home, it's best not to whistle until morning. I think this one is quite unique. I can understand the myth about ghosts liking whistling since ghosts haven't been proven to be real, so anyone could make up whatever they want about them and people probably wouldn't bat an eye. But like adding snakes too? I wonder why they chose snakes out of everything, like they could have said ghosts and demons because no one really knows stuff about real demons either, but snakes, snakes are definitely real. If anyone has any information on this, feel free to tell me how wrong I am. The next superstition is about the number 4. It's actually a bad luck number in other countries in Asia too. It's most like the superstition about the number 13 in the west, but even I don't understand where that one came from. Koreans believe that the number 4 is bad luck since it also means death. As a result of this, the fourth floor of a building is often replaced with an F. For example, the four sequences will go 1, 2, 3, F, 5, and so on. Apartments with multiple 4s in them have a lower value since they are seen as bad luck. Now, this superstition I can understand since I wouldn't want to be around anything associated with dying. I see this one as pretty reasonable. Red ink is the next one. It's bad luck to write names in red ink because the names of the deceased used to be written in red ink. Therefore, if you write someone's name in red ink, the superstition says that you are giving that person a death wish. You're safe with other words in red ink, but the name should stay in blue or black ink. I think this one makes sense too, although it's sad that people with their favorite color as red can't write their name in that color. There's also another strange superstition I found about how if you touch a butterfly and then touch your eyes, you'll go blind. So I tried to find a reason as to why this was a superstition, but I couldn't really find all that much. What I'm assuming is that perhaps when this person touched a butterfly, they rubbed off some of the butterfly's scales and it got into their eyes. This is simply what I'm inferring. The best story could be so much weirder and I would have no clue. Another one says that you shouldn't clip your nails at nighttime. This one's kind of funny to me because it says, The reason is because mice will eat your nail clippings, transform into a human that looks just like you, and then steal your identity and soul. This is like so strange but so funny, I'm seriously wondering who even came up with this. The article also says, Alternatively, this is just a tall tale from before the days of electricity, meant to deter people from clipping their nails in the dark and inevitably leaving icky nail clippings lying around on the floor. The next one says, There are several bits of superstition surrounding chopsticks. 
One of them says the closer to the tip you hold your chopsticks, the longer you have to wait before getting married. Another one says that it's bad to leave your chopsticks stuck upright in a bowl of rice. This is because in Korea, as in many Asian cultures, incense sticks are placed in bowls in a similar manner to honor deceased ancestors. So sticking your chopsticks in a rice bowl in this way is reminiscent of death and thought to bring misfortune. You know, a lot of these superstitions just have to do with death. It makes sense, but to be honest, I enjoy reading more about the ones involving the weird things like mice doppelgangers since those are super strange. But there are urban legends that seem to be popular in South Korea too. If you're like me and kind of forgot the difference between superstitions and urban legends, allow me to quickly refresh you. Superstitions are like signs that you stay away from because they're associated with bad luck, like breaking mirrors or the number 13. Urban legends are more like stories with monsters that people have claimed are true, like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. One of these urban legends popular in Korea actually originated in Japan. It's called the Red Mask Girl. There was once a woman who underwent plastic surgery, however, the surgery went horribly wrong. The doctor accidentally cut her lips all the way up to her ears. She covers her face with a red surgical mask and asks people if she's pretty or not. If they say no, she cuts their mouth open to match hers. If they say yes, she will scream that they are lying and cut open their throat. Another version says that she will cut your mouth according to your blood type. If you're type A, she'll only cut one centimeter, type B would be a little longer. But if you're type O or type AB, she'll slit your mouth up to your ears. You know, if the second version was real, I guess that would be a pretty good way to learn what your blood type is. Like, personally, I have no clue what blood type I am. What makes me confused about the blood type version is like, how does she know? Does she like, ask for your blood type? Is she like, am I pretty? And you're like, oh, uh, no. And then she's waiting there like, okay, then tell me your blood type. I would just stare at her blankly and be like, uh, what are you talking about? Or like, does she have like a blood type kit or something like that? Does she like test the, what their blood type is? Like nowhere in the story does it say that she's a ghost. It just says that she's a normal woman who had botched plastic surgery. So it's kind of hard to believe that she'd be omniscient. I'm definitely overthinking this. Moving on, the next one is called Cosmetic Sesame or Myonke. Once, there was a girl who was worried about her skin getting old and wrinkled. This girl is the type of person that would pretty much try every method there is to make your skin better. She heard from someone that if you put sesame seeds in the water of your bath, it would be good for your skin. The girl tried this method right away. After a few hours in the bathtub, she would still not come out of the bathroom. She would only say, just a moment, whenever someone tried to enter. Her mother grew suspicious and forced open the bathroom door which was locked. Then she saw an innumerable amount of sesame seeds had attached themselves between every small wrinkle and pore and had started to grow roots. Her daughter seemed like she had lost her mind and was frantically trying to remove seeds with the toothpick. To be honest, removing seeds from porous places is actually kind of satisfying to me. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the ASMR slash oddly satisfying videos, but I feel like I've seen something like that before and it was actually kind of nice to watch. This one wasn't as scary, but it's definitely not true since sesame seeds won't root in that short amount of time. So if you would really like to, feel free to bathe with some sesame seeds or whatever. This last one I'll talk about is called The Eyeless Woman. It goes, 
North of Seoul, there's a highway called Tayuro which connects Goyang to Paju. The area is known for its frequent foggy weather, which is the culprit behind a slew of car accidents every year. Not all locals believe the fog is the reason for the accidents, however. They believe something supernatural is afoot. Drivers have claimed to see a young, wayfish woman who appears to be wearing sunglasses on the side of the road. When drivers got closer, however, they supposedly discovered the woman wasn't wearing sunglasses. Her eyes were gouged out. Yeah, that one is definitely at least a little creepy, but what isn't explained is the reason for the car accidents. Do they mean that they think the eyeless woman is making their cars crash, or are the drivers crashing because they were distracted or frightened from her? You know, I'm actually recording this episode on Halloween. When I was a kid, I didn't usually buy an actual costume. Because I was in Taekwondo from 4th to 9th grade, during that time, I was almost always told by my parents to just wear my Taekwondo uniform. So I did. I was kind of jealous of those people who got to wear really cool and elaborate costumes that actually looked nice. If you're a K-pop fan, it's highly likely that you know who SM is. SM is a really well-known company that produces idols and actors like Red Velvet, EXO, Super M, Shiny, etc. Every year, they have a Halloween party and it's basically all of their idols get dressed up in costumes and are photographed for all of their fans to see. Personally, my favorite costume that I've ever seen from one of those idols is Shiny's Key, who dressed up as Ronald McDonald. I have no clue why, but when I was watching the video of him getting ready, I could not stop laughing at how funny he looked during the entire process. Sometimes I wish I could go all out for my Halloween costumes, but I don't really want to spend money I don't have on costume items that I'll likely wear only one time. I would say the only time I put like a considerable amount of effort into one of my Halloween costumes was when I was in 12th grade. I followed this makeup tutorial for this sort of quote-unquote glamorous skull. It seemed cost-effective enough where I would only have to use makeup I already owned and I could just wear whatever. Honestly, I was pretty satisfied with the end product, but still, it would have been nice to be a full-on character like Sailor Moon or something. I'm not really that big on cosplay, but I've always admired the sheer amount of effort that goes into cosplaying. Like, if you've ever been to Comic-Con or an anime convention, people always walk around in full-on costumes and I think that's so cool. I know that quite a lot of them actually make their own costumes or even custom order them. That's the kind of dedication that I just don't have. Maybe if I were rich, I would consider trying cosplay because it sounds like a super fun time but a very expensive hobby. Around this time of year, K-pop groups also release Halloween-themed music videos or at the very least horror-themed. Some examples of this would be TT by Twice, Married to the Music by Shiny, and Peekaboo by Red Velvet. An interesting coincidence is that all of these songs I listed are my favorite title tracks from each of these groups. I kind of wonder why that is. My favorite season is autumn, so maybe it has something to do with sort of the comfy fall feeling paired with the spooky Halloween aesthetic. I love Halloween, and I definitely would consider it to be like my second favorite holiday. When I was a kid, I would always go out trick-or-treating, but as I got older, there were less and less kids in my neighborhood going out. It always kind of made me sad because I didn't like being one of the few kids around. And when I say, as I got older, I don't mean I was in like high school or anything. I mean that there were tons of people when I was in kindergarten and early elementary school, but like, once I got to third grade or something, there were significantly less people out. Another bummer about trick-or-treating was that it was always super cold outside. So, 
that meant if you wanted to wear like a dress or like a nice costume, you would either have to just be cold or wear a jacket over it. It's kind of nice as an adult, or well, adult adjacent since I'm technically in my teens as a 19 year old, but I now have the freedom to just buy candy if I feel like it and people my age don't go trick or treating, but they do tend to dress up. I don't take a lot of pictures of myself in general, but when I do dress up for Halloween, I do tend to take at least a few so I can have a sort of memory. The bad thing is, I usually don't have anywhere to go since I'm not a big fan of parties. So usually I just put on the costume, take a few pictures, and then change back into my normal clothes and watch Netflix for the rest of the night. To anyone listening to this podcast right now, I surely hope that you did not go into any large gatherings during this Halloween since, you know, coronavirus is still a thing, so y'all should make sure to be safe and social distance. This episode was a whole lot shorter than the first one, so I apologize if that's a bit upsetting for anyone. The thing is, it's a little hard to talk to myself for a full hour, so I decided to myself that this episode will only be around half an hour. But next episode, I'll likely have another guest join me, so it'll be closer to the time it was for last month's. I mean, to be honest, we did cover like a ton of topics in this episode, so I hope you're not too scared and can still fall asleep at night. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at KSAUMN and join our Discord. The link is in our Instagram's bio. Yes, I'm plugging our Discord again because y'all should join. We're pretty active, especially during the hours of 11pm to 3am. Anyway, stay safe out there y'all.